OSL is the leading distributor of radiotherapy patient positioning equipment and physics QA products for the UK and Ireland, supplying both the NHS and private sectors. We currently have a busy event schedule and will be attending many conferences in the next few months and many of the regional study days. For a full list of where to meet us, please do get in touch. As well as our event schedule, we also have a busy product portfolio that has recently been updated to. This includes Sky Factory for state-of-the-art visual LED lighting. We have MyQA Ion and Ion RT from IBA for automated patient-specific QA for photon, electron and proton radiotherapy. And we also have MR Box from our AI suppliers at Therapanacea, allowing AI-powered MR-only workflows for a more consistent and high-quality planning pathway. For SGRT, we have a vast range of open-faced thermoplastic masks, as well as surface-guided compatible clear bolus from ClearSight, preventing any risk of interference between the skin surface and your SGRT solution. And as always, do not hesitate to get in touch to discuss your product and service requirements with our friendly and knowledgeable team. Our account and clinical specialists are from a radiotherapy and physics background, and we are more than happy to chat about the clinical benefits and the workflow of all of our products. Hello and welcome to Rad Chat, the award-winning therapeutic radiography-led oncology podcast. So we are here this year at UKIO and um, this is the very first podcast episode. We are absolutely delighted to introduce our first guest, um, who I like to call my diagnostic sister, Kerry Mills. Kerry! How are you? We've finally got you on. <laughs> it has taken 12 months for you and Naman to actually persuade me to come here. Uh, you tried very hard last year, but no, really lovely, really happy to be here. Thank you. We even serrated you with loads of drinks on the Monday night last year. So we have to I do know that, that again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, maybe I should have waited till tomorrow and then you could have done. <laughs> You don't want to be hung over and doing it. No. no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, Kerry, there was a specific reason we really wanted to get you on the podcast and have been hounding you a little bit, and that's largely because of your amazing national role. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about what you've been doing for the last 12 months? Yeah, so I've actually been in the position of National Programme Lead for about 18 months now, and I'm National Programme Lead for the Cancer and Diagnostic Programme at NHS England. So that was part of Health Education England, but now we sit in the Workforce Training and Education Directorate. Um, and yeah, it has been a whirlwind, a steep learning curve. Um, I came from a regional role um, into the national role, and we've really been trying to, there's been a huge um, spotlight on diagnostics, huge amount of money has been ploughed into the cancer and diagnostic world and what we've been trying to do is provide some type of strategic workforce planning and oversight going into ensuring that we have education and training offers that are fit for purpose and that are going to really benefit the communities of practice that we have around us but also the patients that we, we serve. Do you find that going from a regional to a national world? It's just like there's so much to take on. There's so many different people, different characters in different areas. Yeah. Actually, do you know, it's really funny you should say that. I was presenting at the National Radiology Managers Conference last week around leadership and I, that was one of the things that I touched upon was actually, for me, the steepest learning curve has gone from that regional to that national role. There is so many more stakeholders to consider. It is so much more a multi-level, multi-pronged, multi-professional outlook you need to have so you really need to be um, real I, I call it a critical connector and there's a real good phrase uh, coined by somebody um, uh, Malcolm Gladwell who wrote a book called The Tipping Point and he coins this phrase called a critical connector and it's really important to have oversight 
of all of these type of stakeholders and actually all I do in my role is literally join the dots. You know, I tend to have to, I have an idea and then I tend to find all the people, all the key players in that idea, put them together and connect them so that the actual idea can be developed and then rolled out. So that's probably how the bit that I've had to develop the most. I've always been a bit of a networker anyway, but actually that's probably the, the most important bit. Um, and also it's a huge amount of money. There's a huge amount of responsibility using public money for education and training. So I'm really uh, one for making sure that it is fit for purpose and that it's the right thing to do. Coming from a clinical background, and, and again, a lot of people who work at my level are not from a clinical background, but I have that type of professional responsibility to make sure we do the right thing for our profession and that actually the way that we're developing them and everything that we offer in terms of education and training grants or you know we're looking at role development and, and role progression you know we really make to, need to make sure that we are heading in the direction that are, is going to be beneficial to us in radiographers and of course retention is a huge issue we've got nowadays <laughs> yeah. massive issue and it is you know and it's something that is on in the forefront of my mind with every single decision that we make nowadays but, so yes, that has been the hardest bit, but it's also been the loneliest. I have to say there are not many radiographers who are in maybe positions in a national level. And I think because my world now sits in a non-clinical uh, world, um, I miss radiographers. I have around me a very trusted tribe of clinical colleagues who are just like gold and they are the people that I go to when I need a really healthy check and challenge. They're the people when I need them to build me up but I also need them to actually say to me Kerry you're just being an idiot <laughs> so it's that kind of realism that comes yeah. and, I, I, and I absolutely I respect them so much and I'm so grateful to have them around me and I don't think I could do this if I didn't have them so it has been it's been quite a lonely journey but I do love it I you know it is really hard work um, and it's a huge headache a lot of the time <laughs> um, but I do love it and I've got so much more to do so much more to do. I was going to say, just looking at your career pathway and your trajectory, it's <clears throat> hugely inspiring for a lot of people to see how you've kind of utilised your clinical skills, but also your academic skills. You know, you, yeah. you know, throughout your career, you've developed lots of knowledge and skills that have then allowed you to have this very good vision of, of what the professions need. Yeah. Um, have you found that having that background and that insight has given you something else just in addition to the standard project management yeah absolutely and I, I don't think I would be where I am today if I hadn't have had the clinical work you know for 18 years I worked clinically both at a practitioner level but an enhanced level now we call it and an advanced practitioner level I worked outside of radiology I moved into emergency care as well so I've kind of seen my profession from the outside so when I worked as an emergency care practitioner then obviously I had that academic role as well which was you know massive not just in terms of um, teaching and developing our next generation but actually you know I got to learn things like you know I, I set up the first um, it was one of the team that set up the first advanced practice apprenticeship program so even learning yeah. about that different route of education and everything that came to it and the and because it the apprenticeships are employer-led actually that liaison we had or liaising we had with the employers was really important because they were key stakeholders and I could see it from their point of view you know in terms of the education sort of like directorate within the hospitals the educational trust so and then obviously I worked in the regional role that kind of gave me and that was some real quick fire projects so yeah. I think down in the southwest it was myself and Lizzie Ladd we were brought in 
um, as part of the Adopt and Adapt. And we, we looked at international recruitment. We had a massive international recruitment campaign and we had to get a lot of people in very, very quickly and we developed e-learning packages to sort of support them in their transition, in that workplace integration. So, you know, I've had a real, you're right, a very, very, it's definitely, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we've had really lucky you've had a career like that. No, I've worked so hard. I was going to say, I don't it's, think that comes into it, no, is it? But I've never had a particularly clear direction. So yeah. I've never, I did, wasn't a radiographer who said, I want to be a sonographer or I want to be, you know, working interventional. I wish I had, I think it would have been easier. Yeah. Whereas I feel like a bit like a pinball, I've gone <laughs> from pillar to post. But I've always soldered on. I've always had a real desire to be in a position where I can make other radiographers lives better yeah because I know having paid for every single bit of education I've ever taken having you never really had study leave and had to do it all in my annual leave and own time I don't want other radiographers to have to do that because I know the impact it has on personally professionally and on family time yeah and I just think you know we, we deserve our profession deserves to have the opportunity to develop in the way they want to develop but in a way that is going to benefit our patients the most because that's what if we really say that's what the heart of being a radiographer is isn't it you speak to any radiographer what you love about the job patients and I still miss patients I only actually gave up clinical about three and a half years ago now maybe Maybe it's a little bit longer. I'm trying to remember where we are. Maybe it's about five years ago. <laughs> I know. Kind of, yeah. Three years but yeah, well, no, actually, was it was during COVID because I, I was at the London. I did. I went to the London Nightingale. Absolutely. So yeah. So that was a nice little bit. And and do you know what? I miss my patients terribly. Um, but I'm not. <laughs> but you know where I am now. I've got a much broader influence, and I can make do a lot of more change where yeah. I am now doing what I'm doing using the skills that I've got along my 25 year career. So your title. Sounds really fancy, sounds amazing. <laughs> you kind of get the premise that it's a national role, but what is it that you've, you've done? What, what, from a radiographer's <clears throat> perspective, what can they see in their departments, within their regions, that is a result of the work that you've been doing? Okay, so so in the last twelve months, um, and again, this will be tangible difference that some you know radiographers yeah. will be able to see. We provided, I think, four hundred and eighteen, maybe that figure might be slightly wrong. It's definitely over four hundred training grants of ten thousand pounds each to apprentices, and that is from level four mammography associate, level five assistant practitioner, and level six diagnostic and therapeutic radiography, and level six sonography. So we've provided, like I said, just over 400 apprenticeship grants to support wow. those. And that's in addition to the government levy that they draw down to cover the educational costs. There are about 460-odd radiographers who've benefited from a £10,000 grant to upskill them, to train at what we perceive to be an enhanced level practice. That's all it's like, you know, it's a huge yeah. number of radiographers. And that is a really good grant. You know, like I said, I'm sure we all come from the days where all of our education has <laughs> been funded for ourselves. Yeah. There was no money in that CPD pot, but this is what we've done. Um, you know, we've really started to work at, we're developing a consultant offer as well. And also the other thing that I've done is obviously I've brought in um, some additional resource into our programme around our new clinical fellows, which I'm, I, you know, I'd really like to talk to you about. And I'm sure they'll be in, they're desperate to get into the pod box, <laughs> all of them. They're like, <laughs> it's a good job. They're like a little tribe. But I think, you know, the, the work around... Um, articulating enhanced advanced consultant practice and what it looks like in radiography has needed work for some yeah. time yeah um, and so when I came into the role um, the business plan didn't represent the different levels of practice it was just all at one advanced levels of practice so so it's taken me kind of 12 months myself and my team obviously it's not a singular thing it's myself and my team you know to really try and separate that out and look at how is the best way we can support each of those levels yeah 
Um, and, and what we've done is, like I said, we've got the enhanced level grants. We've actually got an advanced practice grant now. That's an incentivised offer. And we've actually collaborated with the advanced practice faculties in each region. So what that does is that brings, brings a real belt and braces type approach. That's so not easy as well, sorry to interject, but <laughs> collaborating with all those different people because they all have slightly different views of yeah. what they want. Yeah, absolutely. But we all had the common goal and that's yeah. the thing. You have to seek that common ground. And the goal was is that we train a lot of people in the past or what's happened in the past to do something and they've never had to be able to embed those skills into practice. Yeah. They've never been able, there's not even been a job for them to go into. I mean, I'm sure that we have radiographers that are educated up to master's level that really don't utilise all those skills yeah. through all four core pillars in practice. And that is shocking, that's terrible. Terrible for them and terrible for our patients because they don't benefit from it. So we've really been working hard, like I said, this offer, that you know they have to have a supervisor, named supervisor throughout. There's a lot more emphasis on making sure it's sustainable. They have a role to go into. They have you know job planned where they're going to have all of their you know four core pillars mapped out into their role. So that's that's been a huge thing. We're looking at a consultant offer now. We, we're running a just developing at the moment because obviously I look after cancer as well. So we're looking at a pilot. Yeah, don't forget the cancer. Yeah, bit. no. <laughs> I've got you next to me. You never let me forget the cancer bit when I ever go, go off on a diagnostic. Tangent. She's like, no, Kerry, cancer. So um, yeah, so we've got the cancer, and we're developing a consultant cancer training pathway at the moment, in Amazing. a similar way to the LDNA have been done. And I'm working with Rob Crouch, obviously, who leads the national consultant work, and that is going to be fantastic. If we get that off the ground, that will be a huge win, and I'll be very, very proud of that one. So a yeah. lot to look forward to then this year. Oh, we have got, uh, our programme has grown hugely. We have so much work. I mean, we have, you know, I think 55 deliverables over the programme. Um, all, obviously, all throughout all five key diagnostic pillars and cancer. So, yeah, huge amount of stuff to come. Yeah. Every time I speak to people in national roles, I learn all these new corporate terms. Deliverables. Deliverables, KPIs, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Matrix. <laughs> so, Kerry, you mentioned your fellows. So, what are the fellows doing? Okay. How do they fit into your overall national plan? Okay, so there was two aspects to the fellows. A, they were brought in as an additional resource. So all of that work around, as you said, enhanced advanced consultant level practice is not easy. They're really, I'm the only radiographer in the team. I'm the only clinical person in the team working within imaging. I've got um, a clinical, uh, national clinical advisor endoscopy, but obviously within imaging, it is just yeah. me. And I knew it's just too much work. I can't do it yeah. all myself, and I've got lots of other, other responsibilities. So I advertised, which was amazing. And I, I give myself credit this. There was a merger going on, as you know, the yeah. huge merger. And I managed to put his business case together and fight my cause, fight my corner, and managed to get seven clinic, uh, clinical radiography clinical fellow. Posts. And anyone who's ever had to write a business plan will know that that's <laughs> not easy. Several, there were several rounds to go through, and obviously there was a recruitment fees on. So I, I, that is a, a huge, yeah. huge uh, kudos to me because <laughs> I managed to get them through, and I'm so chuffed. So we have seven, and they are aspiring or current consultants radiographers I wanted them to be working at a specific level of practice a to have an understanding and B because I felt that they would really be in quite an influential role where they can make a real yeah. difference the other part of it is I know again this reflects back on me wanting to make life easier for other radiographers I never had anybody to mentor me I never really had anybody to um, develop me anybody to inspire me anybody to help me get my foot up I've had to do it all myself yeah I mean I, you know there are a couple of people along the way that I can mention so people like Bev <laughs> Harden and things like that who have been phenomenal hugely amazing in my career um, but I wanted to create a space a really safe space where these clinical fellows because we know the strategic leadership and development and insight is lacking yeah. in radiographers. We yeah. don't have 
we, we, don't, we don't really look, look upwards and we definitely don't look outwards. So I wanted to, to create this space where they could come and develop as strategic leaders of the future, um, where they could be mentored and coached and where they would have the opportunity to be able to undertake some really key projects of work yeah. um, and, and, and develop themselves along the way. So I've got seven of them. They are from, I've got two therapeutic and five, di- uh, five diagnostic. We're always outnumbered. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, and, and yeah, yeah. Um, Four diagnostic, and I've got um, one clinical technologist as well, which is amazing. And they are absolutely phenomenal. They've come in, and they've got loads. And what's lovely is they are so appreciative of the opportunity, and they that we're working so hard, and they bring so much. They bring energy, and they bring excitement. They're all here, and someone to talk talk to. Someone to talk to. I know it's very funny. My team, because obviously I just go, and I'm the only radiographer, and uh, you know, radiographers have got a particular sense of humour. So of course, when we're in team meetings, I'll sort of like do a one-liner, and all the other non-clinical people will kind of look at me as if to say she's a bit odd and now <laughs> luckily I've got seven other people who all start laughing you know because we just get now the real dark yeah. <laughs> and in fact one of my team said to me oh my god you've got a breeding like rabbits <laughs> we actually seem to have even more radiographers every time we come here Good. we have That's more radiographers so I you know so again it's really nice to be uh, surrounded by lots of people yeah can I just ask sorry you'll be like oh she's got another question but you mentioned Is it strate- by cancer? No, it's not actually. <laughs> um, but you mentioned about strategic leadership, and it's definitely something that we've we've kind of t- spoken to managers about. Yeah. So you know, in terms of the trajectory of career pathways, yeah. we often will see department managers going into those roles largely as it's a next step up, rather than they have a real aspiration. And that's things that they've said themselves. I'm not saying that's a generic thing, um, but that they don't necessarily gain those leadership skills no. within the clinical environment. So when you say that you've got these fellows that are kind of engaging in that strategic um, area, how do you develop that? How do you develop that strategic knowledge? Um, I think, funny enough, with Naman just saying, you know, you're hitting new terms, it is literally being in that space and being exposed to yeah. the conversations that go on, the way that we plan the workforce, using the use of all the data at a really high level, thinking about the other national programmes that we liaise with, it's very much awareness and exposure. Right. I really advocate for leadership training, and you're absolutely right. There is, there's a place for leadership at all levels, but we have a real massive gap around our radiology service managers and they are so instrumental in all of this you know when yeah. I, we put out offers and it comes down from national it goes into regional and regional kind of look at their region and go what do we need and then they'll put out the offers actually it's radiology managers that have the the real key part to play in terms of looking at their workforce and deciding who and where to develop that but quite often they are fighting fires constantly they don't have the time to be able to do that so I have to say I've got to just Add in here now. This is my uh, doctorate. Is this your plug? This is my uh, yeah. This is my plug. No, no. no yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to bring it up actually. But yeah, this is the the area that I'm looking at within my um, for my doctorate at the moment is uh, looking at leadership aspirations for radiology service managers. It's almost as if I knew Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't tell me you were going to bring it up. <laughs> Don't want you to prep overly. No, no, you didn't. <laughs> you certainly didn't make me prep. But no, yeah, I I think it's a uh, somewhere that we really need to focus on and I think actually that's almost like putting that middle cog in I think we've got everything working at the bottom everything working at the top and actually by putting some leadership and strategic skills type skills in the radiology service managers actually it then just starts connecting everything up and we start working like a very well-oiled machine again 
There we go. That's, that's my doctorate in a whole nutshell. <laughs> and you're presenting, aren't you, at UK? I am. I'm presenting, and actually, I realise I've just said a couple of things that I'm talking about. But no, yeah, that's no, good. No, I that's am presenting. Good. Yeah, I've got a um, session on Wednesday afternoon with Emma Hyde, and I'm talking about uh, career development for radiographers. And I've got the lovely Jill Harrison from the Society of College Radiographers talking about imposter phenomenon alongside me. So it should be a really good hour. So uh, please do come and watch. Perfect. Thank you ever so much for listening to Rant Chat. Your host today have been Jay McNamara and I'm Joel Anderson. Bye.